Hey, this is John from Five Arrows Podcast. Today we're going to be talking about security, and I have my good friend Scott Webster with me from AndroidGuys.com to help with this conversation. How are you doing today? I'm doing okay. How are you, John? Good. Thanks for joining me. Um, you know, this time of year, we really look forward to the future, to the next year, uh, looking at the maybe some of our things we want to change, our New Year's resolutions and goals. Today, I want to talk about what we're going to do in our next year for uh, security and safety. So you're going to help me be a more secure person and feel better about who I am? And I think that may be for another podcast. Okay. <laughs> I think for, for us, I think we're going to talk about um, how to be safe online, uh, how to make sure your networks is safe, your accounts are safe, your work is secure. Okay, so all right, I can talk about that. I'm good with that. Awesome. That's a that's a good topic. It, it brings up an interesting point. I was actually just uh, talking to my wife. We were we have mutual friends on Facebook, and I saw somebody post something the other day about how they were apologizing because their Facebook account was hacked, and somebody had posted a few things under them and done a few. I I don't know. I didn't see what they did, but they apologized because they said it was hacked. Um, is this the kind of security you're talking about? So, no. Um, you know, I think that's, that's a good good place to start is, uh, you know, Facebook hacking and uh, Gmail account or user account hacking is really not hacking at all. It's, you know, somebody got their password. Uh, somebody guessed their password or maybe they have it written down or they have it saved in their browser and somebody else is using their computer or they didn't log out <laughs> or they didn't log out they used a public computer and didn't log out you know there's, there's so many different ways that somebody does and i'm not saying I mean, there's ways also you can uh, you know plug in one of those uh, third-party apps and they have access to more than what you've bargained for but um it is funny because people will say that their accounts have been uh, hacked or and, and so forth and that's really not happening even, you know, I always find these things funny. You have, uh, and, and just to speak to that Facebook part, you'll have uh, somebody duplicate an account. I could mm -hmm. take Android Guys and I could make another account up called Android Guys and I can make up a phony email address and copy your logo. That doesn't mean I got into your account. Right. It doesn't mean that I was able to access any of your information. It doesn't mean that any of your information is compromised. I just duplicated who you are copied your information, and made my own account. So hacking is pretty much a generic, loose term that's thrown around to kind of cover all these different it things. It is. Unfortunately, you know, hacking really, and I'm not, you know, spending a whole time on this, it's getting into an account, getting into a system by a means of vulnerability, something that isn't supposed to be the way, changing a setting, changing something to actually get in. Most people around the world has no idea how to do it. It's not as common as we are led to believe. People aren't going around and hacking people's accounts all the time. Most of the time, people just have bad security. So I might be part of the problem. I don't know. I'm all ears, man. So let's, let's talk about security. Do you want to talk about passwords or like where do you want to go with this yeah so you know some of the basic suggestions you know some things just to look at is like you mentioned log out of your computer when you're not using it or lock your computer when you step away especially if you're in an office when you leave your desk or your cube lock the computer if you're using a windows machine click the windows key and l that'll lock your computer immediately you go back to it tap on it tap up 
put in your password, you're good to go. If you have an older version of Windows, Control-Alt-Delete, sign back in, but always lock your computer when you walk away. Knowing that your passwords are secure and that they're safe, um, you don't you know you don't want to use a couple of things just to talk about with passwords. You want them to be strong, and you want them to not be easily guessed, and you don't want them to be ones that everybody else uses. This time of year, you you see these things of all the passwords are being used. Have you ever seen any of these lists out there? I may or may not have seen some of my own passwords on those lists. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe not myself, but I know that my wife and, and I've had friends, and I'll admit that I've even seen things that I know I've tried to use in the past that maybe not in the top 10 or 20, but common stuff. And it's, I don't know if it's because of, I'm not creative enough or I don't want to be bothered in the moment to create a good password. Right. Um, but I, it, yeah, it, it's pretty alarming that passwords are pretty much the same almost every year and almost always super stupid. You know, I, I don't know how many times I've asked somebody for a password to help log in or help them do something and when they're logging in their password is like the word password one two three or monkey and or the year like something really stupid right it's so true and it's so sad that you see this and I, i've done the same thing i've looked at the passwords i remember one that i used many years ago was let me in because <laughs> i I was so frustrated yeah. with whatever account it was. I remember making that password and I saw that on the list. I'm like, you know, I've done that before. Because, right, you do. You get frustrated in the moment. You're not thinking about it. And you just put in something to get through it. And I even do. I still, I mean, honestly, like um, sometimes if I set up an account on my phone mm -hmm. and I don't have my password manager available at the time, you know, I could use it. It's a lot easier just to create a dumb password that I know and then go back in later and change it only to find that later may never come. Right. Um, I did that recently with one smart device and I changed phones and realized I forget which password it is, and I realized it was one of my dumb ones that I use. Well, and I know like from past work experience when I log in, depending on what kind of job it is, the security is different. And some places have a policy where you have to update your password every 90 days. My first gut instinct is to change the number and just move the character up one. So instead of monkey 96 now it's monkey 97 and to do that every 90 or 60 180 days that's that's what i you know i find people do um i know that i've done in the past um so if i do that at work does is that on me to come up with you know good security protocol or is that something that like i have to talk to somebody that's in charge of making those decisions so, you know, that that's such a great point because Windows, by default, uh, the domain password and domain is just what kind of controls your network. Um, it defaults to that every 90 days and its credentials are an uppercase, a lowercase, a number, and a symbol. Those are your four character sets. And there's like 96 available characters between those four character sets. So it'll take just about anything 
within that set. Sometimes it won't take like a forward slash, a backslash, a asterisk, and so forth. You'll get those those passwords that are prompting you to change every every 90 days. But what if, what a lot of security researchers have found is that's actually been a really bad practice for that exact reason. We've found now, and I've even done this um, on several networks, is eliminated the need to reset your password every 90 days. We just either turn it off or we have a annual reset of passwords. But let me tell you a little bit about, about why. If you have created and you've taken the time and maybe we've done a training, we've done a talk and we've sat down and says, no, let's create really good passwords. Let's create unique passwords. Let's not reuse passwords. So you are on board and you are using a great password. And it's something that's difficult to enter in, but you've memorized it. <laughs> you know, you've taken the time to memorize it. Well, we don't want you to keep changing it because you are going to use really bad passwords. So if your Windows password is really, really good, let's keep it. But if we find some reason that somebody has accessed our network or accessed your network and there has been a reason to, to feel that your account, your password has been changed or has been, uh, or not changed, but it's copied, it's found out, okay. um, then it's a good time to change your password. If there has been some sort of exploit on your network, it's a good time to change the password. So if somebody in your company clicked on a link, put in a name and password, and you think they've somehow gained access to your network, that's a really good time for everybody to change their passwords. It's unfortunate, it's frustrating, but it's that's the good process. But forcing people to change your password every 90 days, it's frustrating. And we, we just find that the, the quality of the passwords are way less. Okay, so I get the work stuff. It's obviously important to keep, you know, my business files, the company, trade secrets, all of that stuff needs to be secure. And I get why. You know, obviously, I don't want to lose a job or hurt the company that I'm with. Uh, have them lose money or intellectual property or anything. So that makes sense. Should I be as concerned for my own personal information or personal accounts as I am for my work stuff? Absolutely. You know, there's a lot of different areas to look at for a personal account, but let's use something that I think most of us all have, and that's a Google account. Um, you know, most people have Android phones, there's a lot of iOS users, but even you know a lot of Apple users still have a Google account, a Gmail account for all their data. There's a lot of information there. You know, our, our email, our documents, our music, our movies, our pictures, you know, all sit there. Our digital lives really sit on that Google account. Yeah, when in terms of the password, we want to make sure that password is secure and that we have it. But Google does offer, as well as some other folks, a lot of other ways to secure that account. So one, create a good password. Two, under their settings, and I'll kind of tell you how to do this. If you click, if you have your Gmail account open and you click on your picture or your avatar and click Google account, it's going to bring up your page. You can click on your Google account page. On the left-hand side, click on security and then two-step verification. Once you uh, go into there, it's going to have you authenticate your account again. You can set up your multi-factor authentication. Some of the things you can use there is a Google prompt. This is really easy. This, I think, 
is just for Android phones. I'm not sure if this works on iOS, so I um, have to double check that. But if you sign into your Gmail account from a different computer, from a new device, it'll prompt you on one of your other devices, one of your Android phones to say, yep, that was me. Click in, it's good to go. Another item is the Authenticator app. This is a free app for both Android and iOS that you can download and it'll generate a six digit password every 30 seconds. So this is kind of like those old RSA keys or like footballs, you know, from back in the day. Like those are hardware tokens, but these are um, a software token that changes every 30 seconds to authenticate your account. So you sign in, says, then Google will prompt a new page and says, enter in your code from your authenticator app. You open up the authenticator app from your phone and boom, you're, you're good to go. Another item is to get a text message, an SMS um, message. You can also use a security key. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with YubiKeys. There's like these little plastic things that just plug into your USB port with a uh, little gold button on it. There's no power to it, it's just powered by USB. You click that and it's a one-time password. It's very, very secure uh, way to authenticate your account. Probably one of the most secure ways is using that YubiKey, a, a hardware token. And those are all the two-step verifications offered by Google, as well as your backup codes. Google will let you print out 10 single-use codes that you can use one time to authenticate your account if your phone's not available, if you don't have the YubiKey with you, um, and you know, you don't, you're not able to text. So those are basically disposable codes that I can use in the event that I can't use my authenticator app, uh, can't get connected, you know, I can't find the device, or I'm logging into a different computer and I don't have access to my authenticator. So these are like 10 randomly generated codes. Yes, and you print them out. What you do is like when you ask to do it, you print them out, you keep the piece of paper maybe in your wallet, uh, you keep them off somewhere offline so you can always access them if you lose access to your account. Gotcha. So so now if I'm logging into my computer, I tell it I want to use two-factor authentication. I can have it set up so that the next time I log into my phone or when I start to log in on another computer, it'll just start to prompt me, hey, this, this account is protected by two-factor authentication. Yes. With the YubiKey on your Android phone, um, if it has NFC, you can actually use an NFC YubiKey and authenticate your phone when you set up the phone oh, if wow. you don't have one of the other ones. So it's a very handy little device to have to be able to authenticate a new phone. If your phone is completely lost or stolen, it's a nice way to, to have that extra layer of protection because that's, you know, sometimes that's where it comes down to. You know, if you're using the Google Authenticator app, or you're using one of the um, the Google prompt, or you're using you know one of these things that are all tied to your phone. What happens if you lose your phone? Right. You know what happens if you walk into the ocean? You know with your phone on vacation or whatever, it's gone. Right. You know it's done. So you don't have that. You need another backup, and that's where those paper codes come in to play. The sitting in your wallet, or you know your your YubiKey comes in because it's it's totally separate from your device. And you got to you know to kind of think about that so let's talk a little bit about phones while we're on the subject um, my phone has different types of security when I set it up 
you know, it'll ask me if I want to create a PIN or password, a pattern, uh, or if I want to use my fingerprint. Is that another layer of security that I should be concerned with? Or, um, you know, or let's say, you know, for my employer, if I've got my work email, you know, it's got a password on there. Do you recommend using that extra security? Yeah, you know, it's funny because on your phone, that almost becomes your first layer of security. Because to unlock your phone, that is all that you need is your pin, your fingerprint, you know, a pattern or even one of the the um, face recognitions. Mm -hmm. um, but that really is the single layer of security to open up everything on your phone. And so which is why you want that single layer of security to be really secure. Um, and, and that you know that it's not just a four-digit pin. The four-digit pins are so handy, but it's really insecure. Um, if your phone has a fingerprint reader on it, the fingerprint reader is great. It works really well. It's extremely secure. I would recommend maybe put a password on your phone. You know, use like a full like character pass, like a word, you know, a password, mm -hmm. a, you know, a symbols, numbers, characters, kind of like you would. Put that on your phone and then use your fingerprint because you only have to put that password in every so often. Right. But 90% of the time you're using your fingerprint. It makes it way easier and way more secure. So if somebody finds your phone, if it's lost or stolen, you know, you're good. Another thing to do just kind of on that subject, if your phone is lost or stolen, as quickly as possible, go to, you know, whichever you use, Android or iOS, go onto their site for the Find My Phone, and if you need to, wipe it. Wipe it remotely as quickly as possible. You know, know that you have backups, you know, that, that you know, there's mm -hmm. ways to do all that. Wipe that phone because you don't want somebody that to get in your hands because you really don't have, for most part, you don't have a second layer of authentication. Now, there's some apps on, you know, there's some apps you can download that will also require a two-factor. Say, oh, put in a pin to access this data. Right. Um, but most of the stuff that you can get to, your email and everything else, you can grab without a second factor. So it sounds like second factor is the way to go for security, uh, peace of mind. Um, outside of Google, you know, with all of the ways that you talked about, I've got a lot of other accounts though. I've got Netflix, Hulu, Twitter, Facebook, I've got Microsoft, Sony, you know, a ton of different things that I log into routinely or things that are important that I log into. Um, am I able to do two-factor authentication for those? So most of the sites have it available now, which is great. There is a website that you can go to to check to see if two-factor authentication is available, and it's twofactorauth.org. So just uh, spelled out two factor a u t h dot o r g. If you go there, you can see they kind of separate it out by categories. So it's like banking, finance, uh, communication, social. Um, productivity, stuff like that. And it'll tell you right there, like, do they support it? Do they support text? Do they support a hardware token, software token? If they don't support it, they have a link to contact them by Twitter or by Facebook to say, hey, support two-factor authentication. Mm -hmm. Because you want to know if you're putting data out there, if they have a breach, right? that's it. Well, and that goes back to the idea of changing your passwords from one account to the other. I'm looking at different, uh, I'm on the two-factor authentication website, and I see a few tools that I have used in the past that do not support it, where some of the other tools that I use do, 
and I know for a fact that I've used the same password for a couple of these. So if there's a compromise at the one, chances are they'll know the password at the other, especially if it's using the same email. Uh, so the two-factor authentication throws up a second wall and says, okay, good job, you got past the first line of defense. Right. But it's going to be a lot harder to get past the second one. Right. It's true. You know, and that's a good way to put it because the two-factor even protects against bad password management in the first place. You know, you, right, you, know you, shouldn't change, you shouldn't use the same password. But, but if I do. you do... <laughs> Then, right. So when you do use the same password, but you have a second factor, even if the breach is with XYZ company mm -hmm. and they're able to then access, try all your other accounts, if all the other accounts that have the same password has two-factor enabled, they're not getting any further. But if they don't, that's when the bad stuff happens. That's when people are able to access all your data because you're reusing the password. That data is breached. They get all your information there. They get your username and password. And then they try it again on all the other major services, all the major banks out there. All that, as, as much as they can, to grab as much info and to access as much as about you and your personal information, your banking information, your identity. So I, I see reports, it uh, seems like all the time, of uh, a data breach or somebody who had a list that was compromised or you know somebody hacked and obtained a bunch of usernames or credentials maybe phone numbers whatever i see that a lot is that a, an alarm for me to go and change my password again when i see that or actually let me ask a separate question you can answer either one how do i know if i'm on one of those lists if, if it's like oh so this uh this bank that was announced that you know you may 50 million or 500 million names and email addresses were compromised. How do I even begin to check to see if, you know, I'm on those lists? If you're in doubt, change your password. Um, I think if you hear about one of these breaches, change it right away. Sadly, a lot of times the breaches happen and we don't hear about it for three or four months. And that's an unfortunate, sad truth. But once that, once that information has been put out there, there are a lot of sites that will allow you to look up your email address. I'm not going to condone any of these, but like one of them that I found was haveibeenpwned.com. And the other one, now I use LastPass for a password manager. They have a security check on there. And when you do the security check, one of the steps is it'll take all your email addresses that you have in your LastPass saved and it'll check every single one against the list to tell you if they've been breached and it, it takes a step further and all the ones that are known <laughs> it'll prompt you to change your password oh so it actually segregates those out because if, if you use a lot of password or a lot of different email addresses for different things um that one makes it, it makes it really quick and easy to be able to change your passwords and that, it's, it's very handy all right so i hear you're saying last pass what is that is it Sounds like it's pretty sweet, but I have no idea. I mean, I have an idea what it is. Uh, could you talk a little bit about what LastPass is? Yeah, LastPass is a password manager. Um, there's other ones out there. I mean, like One Password, and uh, there's a lot of different like password vaults. Um, there's ones that are local, ones that are online. Um, LastPass has, has been kind of a tried and true leader in password management. What it does is it 
saves your passwords and your email accounts, your username and passwords for you. So you remember one password, it's your last password you have to remember. Okay. So the, that's the premise. You remember that last password. You make one really good, really secure password that's really hard to guess. And you kind of take your time to memorize it. But once you're in there, as you go across the web or even locally on your computer, meaning like not, like not on the internet, it will save all your passwords for you. A couple other things that it does, which is really cool, it'll generate a secure password. And so when you're in the app and you say you sign up for a new bank account or you sign up for a new service, and you say, I go to Netflix and I want to create a new account. You go to that account, you say generate a new password, it'll choose how many characters. So if there's a limit to 32 characters, you can say 32. Or you can just say, make it 100 characters. Use uppercase, lowercase, number, symbol, it's tick boxes. So if some sites do not allow symbols as a, a new password, you just un check the box and generate password you fill it and then it saves it you can um which makes makes securing passwords so easy so as you start to use this you sign in with your accounts you can go to the change password page mm -hmm. have it generate a secure password and before you know it all of your passwords are different they're all saved in one place you can also put secure notes in here so if you want to put in here, like um, maybe some of your family members' social security numbers, you want to put in other passwords or other family members, like information that you want to be able to have, but you don't want it to be in like a document or something where other people have access to, or maybe be compromised, it's a good place to do it. It also does form fills, meaning like say you have like your work account and your personal account. You have your name, your address, your phone number, your social security number, your credit card number. You put that all under your identity. And then if you go to a site to fill out a page, you do a form fill, you choose it, it puts in all the information, and it's done. It'll, it'll ask you, it'll prompt you for your password again when you do these sorts of things. Um, but So it's a really secure almost like a safe or a vault yeah. that I can put things in, not just passwords. Yes. Um, let me ask you this. I change my passwords. I create something uh, secure. I'm in LastPass. It's generated a new Netflix password for me. I share my Netflix account. I've got family members. I've got it logged in on different devices. What do I do if they're like, hey, I'm trying to log in and I don't know the new password. Well, that password's really hard, and it's the second password because all I have to remember is LastPass. Right. What do I do now? So they will allow you, LastPass allows you to share your credentials with other users. And this is so great because they don't even need to know what the password is. They don't need to know what the login is. And I do this with my wife all the time. I will share a lot of different sites. You can either share the site. You can even create a folder gotcha. of all the stuff you want to share with another user. LastPass actually does make it really, really easy as long as she signed in. And like that's actually a good example. I keep her LastPass password in my secure notes <laughs> because she forgets it. <laughs> and so that I can gotcha. let her know what it is. Um, so uh, they make it really easy. And, and, and another step that is in there, you can also create, and I forget the exact language of what they use, but it'll tell you 
when she, you know, say like something happens to you, you know, say like, you know, I'm in an accident or whatever and I have no access to whatever. Um, you can give authority to somebody else for your entire LastPass account. And so you put in their email address, their LastPass account, and they can get full access to your information. I think maybe just the email address. I'm not sure if they need a full account. And then with that, if something would happen to me, it gives them a two-hour window. So if they request it, they say, hey, you know, John's dead. I need, uh, I need his information. It'll alert me, and I have two hours, so I can set the timeout period. I can do a day or whatever, and it'll say, if I don't respond, it'll give them access to the account. So it's but, like a dead man switch Right. that if you're traveling and you've got all this information, all these accounts, and you your plane falls out of the sky, you, you don't log in within that period it automatically gives that information to a trusted person. Right. But if you land, you log in, they never know. Right. They, they never have to get that stuff. That's right. Oh, yep. Man. It's pretty neat. And so, and they also have a security challenge. And this is where, to me, I forget what the price of premium LastPass is, but it's always been worth its weight in gold to me. They have a lot of stuff that's for free and you can use without paying for anything. So uh, I, some of the features may or may not be included in the free version, but this security challenge is awesome. So when we talked about like finding out if your passwords are in there, you put in your vault and like I just did, this says great news, your usernames in your vault selected were tested and have not been involved in any known security breaches since the last test was run. And so if I go to look at my score, if I look at my security score, which I have I know, a few hundred passwords in here, um, my security score is 95%. I'm in the top 1% of LastPass users. And my master password score is 100%. And so it kind of gauges you where you are. And it'll even say like step one, two, three, four. Change compromised passwords. Change weak passwords. Change reused passwords. Change old passwords. So if you start using it mm -hmm. and you save all your passwords, it'll tell you all the ones that are the same. Gotcha. And it'll prompt you to change it. It'll tell you all the ones that are weak and <laughs> prompt you to change it. And ones that are old, over a year old, it'll prompt you to change it. Um, whether or not, you know, you, 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 you can do whatever you want with it, but it'll show you your password strength. The last time it was changed, you can launch the site. Um, you can click the little, you know, I and look at your, what, your, um, what your password is. So to me, for password management, the whole solution of what it has is just awesome now is this a a consumer thing where it should just you know that's it sounds awesome and it sounds like some things that i might want to talk to other people in my office about you know personal information but is this something that a business can get into or you know, like is the it guy or the admin guy you know i'm assuming he knows about it but right. is this something that i could bring to his attention Yes, so they have the, a personal and family version, um, but they also do have a work version, a business version, enterprise, and they, it's a business password manager. So if you're the person at your organization that would be in charge of either IT or maybe you're just kind of the person who has to wear the hat right. <laughs> because of what it is, the, 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 the have a, it's called LastPass for Teams, and then there's an enterprise it is a way that you can put in uh, passwords and user accounts 
for your organization, share them with anybody in your organization, and this is the really cool thing. Say you have like a, a corporate Amazon account that you purchase from, or like CDW or Quill or whatever. Um, you can put that username and password in there and not share the password with your employees. Okay, so they can make purchases, they can log in, but they have no idea what the actual password is. Right. So this is actually really, really nice in terms of having that layer of control for your corporation because you are able to, to stay in control and be able to share the information you want to share and not share what you don't want to share. Right. So you can, if you say like, I allow this person to make payments or, or, and to make purchases, but I don't want them having access to the account in terms of the name and password because I only want them to access it while they're in the office, or I only want them to allow them to access this while they're signed into this account. So you can really kind of limit that, and um, and but also make password sharing easy uh, so you know that all everybody's using a good name and password and you you can set all that up and then just allow your users to work and not have to worry about making bad passwords and making bad accounts gotcha so i feel like i've got some work to do for 2019 uh obviously uh really should reevaluate not just my own stuff but you know my family uh my son is 15 and is just now starting to get to where he's creating accounts for things he's playing games online and doing different things with his phone uh so it's really as a parent i need to look at what he should be doing and instill good practices in him uh and it also gives me a chance to kind of look at what i'm doing um what other tips do you have as a, as a parent uh, or as somebody who's in charge of other people? Uh, are there other accounts, other uh, tools, practices that you would recommend if, if, they're, you know, if they are like me want to get more into security for you know, a New Year's resolution or just because they've been really lax? Uh, what do you recommend? So for personal use... Um we talked about for your accounts, set up two-factor authentication, make sure your passwords are secure, make sure the accounts that you're using and your names and passwords aren't shared with other bad accounts. Make a throwaway account. If you're going to sign up because you just want pizza deals and coupons, <laughs> you want like shopping coupons, but you don't, you know, but that's not an account, make up a dummy account for that, just a Gmail account just to put all that stuff in. So that way if something that maybe just goofy gets compromised, it's not really any of your important stuff. It's easy to do and it just keeps things a lot cleaner. Um, you know, make sure your your phones, you're using, you know, your pin on there, a password, the fingerprint unlock, using the authenticators, um, maybe using a, a backup key, like a YubiKey, um, you know, doing stuff like that. Just just taking that time to to review your accounts, review your security. And, you know, one other thing that um, I feel is really important is when you fill out and you create an account and you create security questions, mm -hmm. um, don't use real answers. What street was I born on? Right. What was my dog's first name? Right. Th these are so easy to guess. And 
it really frustrates me, especially when banks or other, you know, just any institution really ask for these, I say, insecurity questions, um, because they're so easy to guess by people. You know, social engineering is how so many accounts are hacked. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, so a lot of the bad folks out there are people we know. You know, it's people who aren't that far away from us. They're not They're not these people on the other side of the planet. They're people who are close to us. That's where identity theft happens. And it's really easy for yourself, for your personal self, you know, to think about that identity theft and say, I'm going to make sure all of my accounts do not have information that my cousin can easily guess. Um, because those are some things you you, you know, look at. Not, and not, to kind of go back to like using LastPass, you can put all those notes in there. So I'll say like, what city did I grow up or what street did I grow up on? I'll just put in a bunch of gibberish and save it. Um, you know, doing that is, is a really good idea. Um, if you're talking about a, a corporation, if you're in charge of that IT, if you're able to make those decisions, um, please institute two-factor authentication on any accounts that you can. Um, on Windows, it is a little bit more difficult, but there are ways to do it. Um, if you have you know, backups, making sure your backups are off-site, that's not connected in case of a crypto locker or anything else like that. Um, knowing that if you have admin rights, remove the admin rights from all the other computers. Don't sign in as an admin yourself, even if you are one. Um, and l- limit the ability of what anybody has. And if you're somebody who's an administrator or you have those rights, um, Make sure your passwords are secure. Make sure you're using two-factor if nobody else is. Um, if there's anybody else, you want to you want to make sure that uh, you want to make sure that at least you're being secure if you're running as an administrator for your network that's tasked with IT. You don't want to you don't want to do that. So I've taken some notes and uh, I have a couple of things that I think are my action items. Uh, so correct me if I'm wrong here. First couple things I need to focus on are take the passwords that I have, make them stronger, get different passwords. Don't use the same one across the board. Um, don't reuse if possible. Um, so stronger, more variable passwords. Get some kind of two-factor authentication where available. Uh, so I can put that extra layer of security and then uh, some kind of a password manager which kind of sounds like a two-factor but something that you know if I want or need to something that can remember much harder and harder to crack uh, something that's not easy to guess something that's um, going to keep all this information for me and I only have to really remember one password uh, does that sound right? Does that sound like... Uh... Absolutely. I think if you did that, you would be better than most people on the planet. Recently, there was a conference that showed only 10% of Gmail users use two-factor authentication. So mm-hmm. you could be in the you can be in the top 10 <laughs> if, you, if you took just a little bit of that advice. I don't know if I can get into the top 1% of LastPass like you. I, that's... Uh... You obviously sound like you've been at this a little bit longer than most and care about it more than most. So I appreciate you kind of shedding that light for me. 
Absolutely. Well, hey, Scott, thanks uh, again for talking with us today and talking about security. I you know, really appreciate your questions and your thoughts and uh, just uh, good having the conversation. Thanks for having me.